Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here, coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is November 23rd, 2020, and we are kicking off Thanksgiving week. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Let's not forget to incorporate as many fruits and vegetables that we can into our Thanksgiving feast from cranberries to pumpkins to green beans and more. And don't forget, please stay safe during the holiday. Kicking off today's episode, we have our fancy sponsor, Ag Tools. No stranger to the show, Matt DeBoer, Vice President of Global Sales, and he brought along Miguel Montero, Strategy Executive and Operations Manager. Now, Miguel is going to talk a little bit about the importance of data and how to take your data to the next level. And our featured guest for the day, we have Avi Pryor, who is the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Bright Farms. So Bright Farms grows produce locally year round so it's fresher tastier and more nutritious for you and your family and we're going to talk with abby today about how to build your brand coming into the industry from a whole different category from bimbo bakeries that's right she brings knowledge from an entirely different category and industry to the produce industry it's going to be a treat to talk with her, and you are going to get some valuable knowledge out of Abby Pryor from Bright Farms. Let's give a huge shout out to our sponsors, Terra Exports and Ag Tools, for being a part of the podcast. And let's get Ag Tools online today. Hey, Matt, welcome back to the show today. And I see you brought another Ag Tools guest. I did, Patrick, and thank you again for, for allowing me to come back on the show. And I am uh, more than excited to introduce to you our. Uh, guy that's over revenue and strategy, uh, Miguel Montero. Miguel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a true pleasure to be here with you, Patrick, and with all your listeners. Thank you. Fantastic to have both of you. As I'm learning so much more about ag tools and the technology and the data and insights that you are bringing to the produce industry, Matt, it, it just blows my mind every single time we talk because I believe I learn something new every single time I talk to someone from your team. So appreciate the work you're doing for us. And we're going to hear a little bit more about the work you're doing. Uh, and I'd like you to tee that up. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Patrick. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a, kind of an eye-opening experience for me as well, especially you know, having spent so many years in the produce arena and then coming to a, a, a company like this that is uh, steeped in produce experience with everybody that's within the, the, the team and the industry has, has that experience. And so using our industry knowledge to put this data out there and to make it available to others is, has really been an enjoyable ride and it just continues to get better. It's, you know, data is, is taking on such a heavy emphasis in what it is that everybody does. And, and it's created a real need, you know, with industry because I know it's been a little bit antiquated in the, in the years past. And so to provide visibility, to provide and uh, things that people can utilize to really uh, open their eyes to what's going on, not only in the market, but in the industry, you know, in general. And, and for me, that was really what attracted me to Ag Tools and you know, being a, a part of this team and, and a part of a company that is pushing for a new way to do business uh, is exciting. 
you know, and I know, uh, you know, we've got Miguel here today and, you know, I'll turn it over to Miguel as well to talk a little bit about, about his experience. But, uh, you know, between all of us, it's, it's been quite a, quite a ride and, and an enjoyable time. Thank you, Matt. And, and yes, indeed, uh, the world of data and the world of produce are meeting. And I don't, don't mean that they, it hasn't happened before, but the fact of the matter is that just like uh, big data is associated with CPG products and whatnot and try to figure out what consumer behavior is, we today are able to do that also for the produce and the fresh business. So uh, when companies think of data management, right, they, they tend to say, oh my God, how am I gonna get into this big data, right? And the fact of the matter is that what we have tried to do is to simplify that process. So uh, th there is, of course, complications in finding the data and, and bringing it into your system, cleaning and organizing and, and processing. Really, it's, it's data processing. But we have taken what usually seven steps to last two steps, which is let's put it in context to what that means for the produce business. And how do we do that? Because everyone in our team uh, brings in experience and many in our team bring produce specific experience. So it's not just numbers and figures and graphs, it's numbers, figures and graphs put into the context of what it means for the business. So not only do we contextualize it or have been able to do so, but then we present it in ways that the user can uh, take advantage of it. So it allows them to make critical business decisions with uh, ease and with uh, conviction, right? That they're looking at data that allows them to compare it to their own and figure out they're heading in the right direction. So it's really exciting to do that. It's, it's a challenge because we're every single day looking out for more information, but we know it can be done. So uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you and, and to share this uh, great ride and this opportunity for the produce business. Oh, for sure. I mean, the same. I, I would say I welcome and uh, reciprocate some of that that you said even to me because as, as we grow the produce industry podcast, Matt, what do I always say? We're growing this together, right? And that's what I believe Ag Tools is doing, trying to grow and really thrive together, right? You're going to bring a cohesive bond together between data and analytics and the produce industry. And that's one thing that I talk to a lot of people about is that, hey, do you use tools? Do you use data? Do you use this? And they're like, yes, we do. And, and you know what it always is, Miguel and Matt? It's, it's them, you know, um, exporting the report from Famous or them exporting mm -hmm. the report uh, from previous years. And, and then they're going over, right? They're just going over their own historical data. So what you said, Miguel, is powerful, saying that you can compare it to not only industry-wide, you know, data, but even your own. And I think that's one of the hardest things for the produce industry to do is bring on new data from collective other people, other sources, and comparing it to their own. But that's what we've talked about a lot of times on the podcast is bringing new, bringing great change and adding another tool to the tool belt. And as we said off the mic, ready, is a lot of people don't know what they don't know. We're very smart people in this industry. I think there's a lot of smart people in this industry. I really do. But if we can add another tool to the, to the tool belt, I think we can achieve much greater things, much greater yeah, absolutely. And I, I know we've talked before in regards to it kind of being an 80-20 industry where it's been 80% gut and 20% data. And True. you need highly intelligent people in order to be successful in that type of atmosphere. And we've seen that and we've had that and we've been fortunate to do that. But now just think what we could do if we could, we could uh, you know, bring that equation and flip it 
where it was more data-driven and more fact-based decision-making and, and in much more timely fashion. Yeah. I mean, Miguel, I mean, think about it. How do we get our normal, uh, I say, average Joe produce company to take their data and analytics to the next level? How do we do that? I, I would start by saying that uh, you have to realize that data is not difficult. Okay. And, and I say that because the, the first thing many of us would think about is that, okay, so I have a full day. My phone starts ringing early in the morning, doesn't stop until late at night. The email's coming, the calls, and where am I going to put information in, in that context? Where am I going to get the time to do that? And that is the first thing I would say is understand that what we are trying to do is to simplify your access, is to give you a, a, a shorter bridge, if you will, so that you don't have to go through that. What you said is, let's even start loading my Excel spreadsheet with whatever information I've got from my system and looking. We have done some of that for you. And that would be the way to understand that, yes, I can fit it into my day if I do it structured in a way that is it makes sense and I know exactly what it is that I'm looking for, I would go to benefits much quicker than if I have to get into all kinds of different processes. Don't be afraid. It can be done succinctly and quickly, and it provides and yields a lot of benefits in, in a short period of time. So that would, that's my start. Uh, jump right into it and take advantage of someone that has already put it together for you in an easier to access format. Yeah, one of the things that I like about the, the, I would say the tool or the website when I'm logged into it, the hamburger menu on the left-hand side, I can click that menu and it brings me to different commodities, right? Instead of having to create that filter or do all that myself, Miguel, am I right? I mean, you said it about the Excel spreadsheet, so don't even do that. It's already done for you. And there's a couple of the items on or the features on the site that I use all the time. Like I said, the hamburger menu that gets you to your commodities and then also the news reports at the bottom. It shows updated reportings on different items, whether it's weather, whether there's a global disaster, right? A pandemic, there's tons of things that are in there. So it kind of, I would say it almost mobilizes it into one location for you. Is that kind of saying it right? It absolutely is. Just think about if you need to uh, look for your basic information, or sales price, uh, weather information, freight, and whatnot, we, we know that there are at least seven of those. So it, you would have to go into seven different systems to find that type of data, whereas with us, you can get it into one dashboard. Now, is it a lot of data? Absolutely. And uh, maybe not everybody inside your organization has to look at every single piece of data. It depends on your function. But that's the beauty of it. That is commodity-driven, like you said. So I can look at everything associated to that commodity based on what my function is. It's, uh, it's truly a, a different way of setting it up. And it provides, again, access to the benefits of analytics and data to everybody. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, enormous core Operations, we can provide that to any level and everyone can gain benefit from that visibility, that quickness to the information. You're absolutely right, Patrick. I love it. I really do. I love what you guys are doing. And listen, uh, Miguel, Matt, if anybody wants to get a hold of Ag Tools, learn more about your program, become a subscriber to the whole channel, how do they do that? Well, you've got the notes in, in the podcast where you can link into us, but if you want to, uh, you know, come to our website, it's uh, www.egg.tools, or I can be reached simply at matt at egg.tools. So uh, again, it's www.egg.tools. And for me, it's just a simple, Miguel, M-I-G-U-E-L, at ag.tools.
tools. Awesome. I really appreciate the time, gentlemen, and we look forward to seeing you and hearing you on another Produce Industry Podcast episode. Great. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. Sam here, Patrick. Have a great week. Thank you. It's always fantastic to hear from Ag Tools. Great resource for the produce industry and great people that work there. Please reach out to them today if you want to learn more about their services and what they're doing for the produce industry. Now let's take a quick break, hear from some of those weekend winners from Indianapolis Fruit Company before we talk with Abby Pryor from Bright Farms. What's up, everybody? We're back. Organic item of the week. One of my favorites, what I call the Thanksgiving sweetheart, the organic autumn glory apple. Beautiful, harmonizing notes of sweet cinnamon and caramel dancing across your palate. Make sure you feature this apple in a crowded category because it's versatile. It snacks, it bakes, and it roasts. The organic autumn glory is a must-have for Thanksgiving and your department. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. It's always great to hear from Indianapolis Fruit Company and some of those weekend winners. Check them out on YouTube or their website, indiefruit.com, to check out the latest and greatest from Indianapolis Fruit Company. Now, what you've all been waiting for is Abby Pryor from Bright Farm. So without further ado, let's grab Abby and put her on the line today. Hey, Abby, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Patrick. Pleased to be here. Yeah, it's great. We've had some conversation off the mic and it's taken a while to get you here, but we are excited to have Bright Farms on the phone today to really to talk about what's happening in the indoor farming industry. And I've had a couple people on the show already for vertical farming. I've talked to Intergrow with tomatoes. I've talked to Nick Greens, who's a vertical farmer as well. And everybody has one thing in common. They love the produce and supply chain industry, right? They, they love being involved in growing produce. But today, we're going to find a little bit more about Bright Farms and what you guys are doing over there because I believe, uh, based on the research that I've done and what you've shared, um, you guys have a little bit of a different, unique style in the regions you're in with your indoor farming. We do. We do. And so, yeah, it, the indoor farming world has certainly been one with a lot of activity lately. So it's an ex ex certainly an exciting place to be. Um, you know, on the Bright Farm side, we are in the leafy green segment. So we believe that we are disrupting the produce supply chain and leafy greens for the better. Uh, we are an indoor grower, but we also only grow locally with a network of nationwide farms. And we're expanding that network. Um, each and every year to, to cover the United States. But our goal is to grow locally indoors and get consumers product that is, that is fresher and cleaner and safer by doing so. Um, and I've been doing it now for a little over five years and the industry has come a long way in those five years and it's, it's been a wild ride and a lot of fun. For sure. And you have a bit of a different background than mine. I was born into this produce industry, as I say. I've been working in it, picking oranges when I was a kid in Florida. And you came from, a, I would say, a different part of the supply chain industry, um, coming from Unilever and Bimbo. So we know Bimbo. If you've heard of Bimbo, everybody knows Bimbo. But that's a little bit of a different background. I think you brought um, more of that uh, unique building experience when it comes to the marketing over at Bright Farms. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've got, I've got farming in my very early roots uh, with my grandfather who, who lived with us growing up. 
who rototilled basically all of our three acres to grow anything on it that he possibly could, not for sale or making money for anybody, but um, but filling our pantry and canning for all year all year round. So I have a love for farming, but I, it was never my career before I came to Bright Farms. You know, when I when I graduated from school, I went to Unilever. You know, obviously huge packaged food company. And got all this great classic training and and learning how to market and sell food, um, and then stayed within what I would call the big food world. Um, you know, for the very for for the first ten or fifteen years of my career, selling things like pasta sauce and salad dressings, and then I spent about nine years in the whole grain bread world. Um, and you know, I I had a great uh, experience. I got all sorts of learning and all sorts of training um, around food and grocery and retail. But when this opportunity to join not only produce, but the sustainable produce segment um, came across my radar, there was no, there was no stopping me, right? This, this is an opportunity to sort of take everything that I learned in those big CPG companies and put it towards you know a, an industry that I'm personally passionate about that I feel good about from you know what I feed my family and how it aligns with mission and and values with me um, and so I have loved being in the produce industry and I think that there are a lot of other big food marketers out there that want in um, as well uh, because it's really very personally fulfilling to be a part of this industry. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I really do because um, being in the industry my entire life, I've seen it. And I'm going to go back. You, when you say bimbo, I always think cupcakes. I know it's always bread and things like that, but I know those, I know bimbo makes certain cupcakes out there. I, it's funny. I had a, uh, when I lived in California, there was a distribution of bimbo uh, right down the road from where I lived. So I always saw the bimbo trucks all the time. Um, so awesome. I, I, that's what I love. Right. Um, but think about it like this, that is a product that is very, I would say sometimes it's easy to market. I, I really would say that. And when you come to trying to put a brand on lettuce, a brand on a tomato, I mean, it, it's gotta be more unique, right? So you're bringing a different set of value here um, because we're coming from, right? I say this as the farming world because it is, we adapt in this farming world as in, we're farmers, we're growers, we're packers, we're shippers. Eh, are we marketers, right? There's like a fine line, right? And, and now we're jumping into it over the last, I would say, decade, right? Over the last 10 years, um, we've started jumping in over the last five years. It's getting more and more and more. But how do we go about branding lettuce? Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I, I, I was not on the cookies and cakes side, just, just to, oh, you know, save myself here. I was I you get me a connect. Um, but yeah, when I came to what's so unique about produce is there is so much of the category that is commoditized, right? That is really selling a product that only needs a speck and a weight. Um, and that's the big differentiator between it. And I think having brands in produce, in order to have a brand, you have to have differentiation of why the product is different. So I don't think it actually really matters to most people when they're buying sort of West Coast field grown commodity spinach, what brand it says on it. Um, and most consumers say, say, and a lot of times it doesn't. Um, unless you have a story to tell and you have a differentiated product that's different and better for a reason, the brand to many consumers doesn't matter. 
Um, you know, in our case, we have a story around sustainability to tell. We have a story around local to tell. We can tie every single product back to a specific farm with a specific farmer and really be able to make that connection. So I think in produce, where you're able to make a connection to the farm, to the place where it's grown, to how it was grown, um, and why, and, and the amount of care that was put into that product, then I think a brand really does matter. Um, if you're buying sort of the, the same processed stuff that's coming out of big commingled facilities, I think then the brand is a little less important. Does that make sense? Because it just, yeah. you're smacking a brand on it and putting it next to other stuff on the shelf that's very similar. So I think brands are really important in produce when they matter because there's a story to tell and there is a real reason for being for the product um, within its segment. Uh, and I think, you know, that has been really fun in lettuce because quite frankly, there aren't a lot in, of, of brands in lettuce that have mattered over time. Uh, and we're trying to really change that. We don't think of um, the, the most exciting part of the salad as what you put on it. We like the most impart, important and exciting part of the salad to be what you put under it. Mm. And we put a lot of care and time and effort into how we grow it, uh, what we grow, and how we get it to our consumers. And so we see that brand matters in our product because it's, it's quite different. Yeah. So that got me, right? So that got me thinking, you're right. Because when I'm making salad, the first thing I look at is, and the wife will always say to me, um, is it good, right? It's not, you know, uh, is it breaking down? You know, is it slimy, right? All those different things you can think about what you say about um, your salad. And it's so true as we're pulling out the tomatoes, the avocado, the, the bacon bits, right? All the extra things that are probably going to be on if you make a Cobb salad to a Caesar salad, depending on what type of salad you, you make. But it's so true. And I didn't think about it like that because without the salad, the lettuce, we have no salad. I mean, it's very true. So you got to think about that. And if the lettuce is really good, you don't need as many of the bacon bits, right? When you've it's got true. beautiful fresh greens that were harvested, you know, within 24 to 48 hours ago, you put a little olive oil on there, you put a little lemon and maybe a little bit of cheese and you've got a beautiful salad. You don't have to like drench all the other stuff mm -hmm. on it because you're covering up the fact that it, it's maybe three weeks old by the time it got to you on the other side of the country. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And it's so funny because I think sometimes um, as a consumer and a lot of us, right, we are trying to cover that up because we're not sure sometimes. And how many times have we had bad salad? I mean, let's be real. I mean, I've had a bad orange. I tell you, I'm in the citrus business and I know all my, my, my babies are beautiful, but I've had a bad orange. <laughs> if you come yeah. down orange in, in December, you're like, you, you bite into it. And it's like biting an orange after having your uh, tooth, you know, toothbrush. You know what I mean? So yeah. I get it. And and that's a good, good example is um, know your lettuce too. So I do not know any brands within lettuce. I might know one, but I'm not going to say it on here because I don't want to disrespect you because it's <laughs> Bright Farms. But I, I, I got to think to myself, and I think I only know one lettuce. Like, and when I mean lettuce is when you go and buy like the, um, the long lettuces. What's it called? I'm not sure. Uh, not the, the heads lettuce. maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the hearts, romaine yeah, hearts maybe is what you mean. Exactly. So, uh, but maybe one brand, maybe, maybe, but other than that, no, you're right. I think it's like, I'll either go to the prepackaged salads, which we know who's in the industry for prepackaged salads. I know now bright farms and well where they are, and I'm going to be getting my box in and just wait because we are going to see some tasting of some salad on the produce industry show on YouTube here coming really soon. I can't wait to get that as well. Love so it. it's such a, 
it's a, such a learning experience, even for myself, coming from a different side of the industry, right? Being in citrus, being in this huge tree that grows outside, all the way coming into farming, indoor farming. Something that if I was to talk about with my community, they would probably be like, what? Pat, get out of here. Get out of here. Leave that to the leafy greens, right? That's probably <laughs> what they would say. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, okay, we want to talk about this indoor farming industry a little bit more. And I want you to give us a little bit of background on this new series E, which you guys have raised to really start kicking into gear this indoor farming industry in every major city across the US. Great. Welcome to Terra Exports, where culture and diversity meet the produce industry. Let's hear from some of the exciting staff at Terra Exports. Hi, my name is Ludmila. I live in Kiev. I am a senior sales manager of European division of Terra Export. What I like in Terra is to work with team and people so patient of what they are doing. Hello, guys. This is Marcelo from Terra Exports domestic team. I am a coordinator and I love working for Terra. Hey guys, this is Yesenia. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I work with Terra Export in our headquarters office. I am the shipping and logistics manager, and what I love the most working with Terra is working alongside such passionate people. Hi, this is Anna. I live in Bogota, Colombia. I am part of the Tropicals Divisions. I am in charge of the sales and purchase for this division. And what I like to work in Terra is the people and the diversity we have in the company. Terra Export. Terra Exports. Terra Exports. Terra Exports. Visit them at terraexports.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's always great to hear from Terra Exports. Hear how they're doing some great things within the produce industry. Inc. 5,000 lists three times in the last few years. You got to respect that. You got to respect what Niels Goldschmidt and the team is doing over at Terra Exports. Now, let's get back with Abby Pryor at Bright Farms. And we're going to hear about some of the new funding that is coming into Bright Farms Future and what they have in store for 2021. Hey, Abby, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Patrick. Hey, it's always great to have you here. And let's get back to talking about indoor farming because we gave the listeners a little bit of a break, a little anticipation. And I know we've dabbled into it the last, I would say, 10, 12 minutes. But this indoor farming industry, and I think when people think about it, they just automatically go to like, oh, it's hydroponics. It's a vertically integrated. Oh, it's just tomatoes growing in here. Oh, they're just cultivating like a nursery, right? This is actual product that is going on the shelves. This is actual product that we are going to see uh, with Bright Farms, a label in your local retailers. So I want you to talk a little bit about that indoor farming industry that you guys have kind of created um, in these regions so far, just, just if you could. Yeah, of course. And, you know, there is a lot of talk about indoor farming and there's a lot of companies doing R&D out there. Um, we're going to finish this year with about a $20 million retail business. So we've been now growing commercially for about five years and we've, um, you know, had exponential growth over that period. And so we think we're, we're, we're now ready to scale and ready to go big um, with our network of local farms that we're pulling nationwide. You know, when you think about why, right, and, and you think about what's going on in field grown, there are just so many challenges, right? You've got labor, you've got weather, you've got drought, you've got fire now, which is terrible to have to deal with. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, 
and, and the food safety challenges that have that have happened specifically in leafy greens, oftentimes because people so you, you know they're not peeling it uh, like an orange, they're not cooking it like a potato. Mm -hmm. You know, it's often eaten raw, so it is it is a a, a more susceptible um, to foodborne illness product for most people. Um, and so there are just so many challenges today with with the outdoor field grown product that more companies going indoor just makes sense. And so there are so many companies trying to do it and trying to do it in different ways. Um, we think we're about five years ahead of much of the competition. And as you mentioned, we've just raised um, a big uh, Series E round of about $100 million, a mix of equity and debt, to be able to expand our farms from the four that we have today. Today, we're in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, and Virginia. Um, already broken ground in North Carolina, starting soon in Massachusetts and in Texas, and then basically to every market you can think of in the U.S. We're sort of working our way east to west and bringing, you know, these fresher, safer, cleaner, local products to consumers. And what we find is that they sell really well at retail. When you think about all produce, consumers largely buy it because it looks fresh, right? It, it look, consumers buy produce based on what they see in the store. They pick it up, they touch it, they turn it over. And when you're looking at product that was harvested potentially as early as yesterday, it just looks different than product that was probably harvested seven days ago on the West Coast and has been on a truck across the U.S. for the last week or so. Um, you know, it's, it's giving consumers a farmer's market experience year round at commercial scale. Yeah, I like that. A hundred percent. I do like that. And one thing I'm not going to get too much into it and we, we I'm going to bring this up on another podcast. Um, but the shelf life extension that's going on, right. We're trying to extend life for another 30 to 45 days. We're, we're having the GMO, this pink pineapple, um, you know, and I've told some of them, trust me, you might see me talk with uh, GMO partners here in the future, um, but I'm just starting to understand it. And you make a good point because one, I've, I don't think I've ever washed lettuce from a bag. It goes right into the bowl and then boom, like it's eaten. And I've never thought about that. I've never thought about actually washing the lettuce that was already prepackaged in a bag because I guess, right, ready? And I'm in the produce industry. I guess I assume you guys are doing your job to make it very safe for us. And that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're developing these indoor uh, farming regions, right? The industry's here. And I think you guys are definitely leading, <laughs> leading in that. It's very clear you are leading in that. Your model's working very well. You've got a hybrid of a tech model and you're an ag company. So I, I see that working, right? And developing in new cities, um, question are you going to get down to florida because that's where i am i definitely could see an indoor farm going on down here we'll have to make that work um but yeah i think this is a, a great opportunity within this industry and like you said 20 million you said now in retail going yeah we'll finish the year at about 20 million dollars in retail we're in just um just over 2200 stores right now wow um and and we think of sort of this indoor leafy green segment now to be about where organic salad greens were 15 to 20 years ago. So if you think of 15 to 20 years ago, the bag salads were coming out and you know, you started to see the clamshell organic salads, but they grew kind of slowly because it took a long time 
for organic farms to catch up and meet with that demand. And that's what we're uh, seeing with local, right? We, just, we now just need more capacity. We need more indoor farms up and churning out, <laughs> churning out um, lettuce to meet the yeah, demand. Yeah, more food, the, more food, yeah. Yeah, I, I, so no, you know, no, we're no. proud of the momentum we're making in that space, but we're certainly not the only ones. It's, it's a great movement of some really strong players in this segment, uh, and we're excited to be a part of it. Oh, that's awesome. And I heard, um, as some of my research, that uh, you're the largest indoor commercial grower of hydroponic spinach in the, in the world? In Am the I right? world. In the, in the world. world. Yes. Oh so spinach is really, my, our, our growers like to say, devilishly difficult to grow uh, hydroponically. And it is. And, you know, over the last five years when I've been at Bright Farms, we have learned so much and we've gotten so much better at it. Um, and so, yeah, now we're delivering big commercial volumes of the most tender, beautiful spinach you've ever consumed in your life. Um, and we're doing more of it than any other um, grower hydroponically in the world. So that's something we're really proud of. And it's something that we continue to focus on to just get better and better and better at because the demand is just um, exponential, right? We, we, we can't get anywhere close to meeting the demand for our spinach. Um, today that that is out there right so we just got to have to we have to keep working on um, continuing to to push forward and increasing our capacity to be able to meet the demand and where where can we find um, bright farms at every every local store because I mean I'm in Florida you said North Carolina the farms but you're distributing pretty much already across the US am I right no, not, I would say not no, we, we are not yet totally across the U.S. Um, we are in, in, in the Midwest with our Chicago farm and our, in our Ohio farm. Um, and then our farthest farm open south right now is in Virginia. Uh, it, North Carolina Virginia. opens up ne early next year and you might see products start to triple down from North ah, Carolina early so next year. I will year. start to see it because I went into the stores. I'm starting to look around and I see some of the other guys in there that you know the brands that we're not going to name, right? But um, <laughs> that, that's something I'm always curious of. So if you are a consumer listening, which we all are consumers, if you want to have Bright Farms in your local store, you got to make sure you tell your local grocer what kind of brands and what things that you want to see um, because you are an obvious influence influencer to your retailers. Yes. I always tell everybody that. You can tell a retailer that you want to see something and you never know. It could show up sooner or later. Yep. And so, and we try to keep the product as close to the farms that we build as possible. And that's why we're building more farms, right? Gets us to more markets. We don't want to be shipping product, you know, a, a day away, two days away. Ideally, we want to keep the product so that we can get it in our truck there and back in a day. Um, so as right. we think about, you know, where the farms we build are and, and as, as far as we want to stretch, we think about getting to that distribution center that can be there and back in a day, getting product to consumers that's less than 24 hours off the, off the crop. Yeah, well, I'm going to go back to, um, it's on your website. I've seen it before. It's at Bright Farms. We keep things simple, right? You keep it simple. And that's what I like about it. You know, I want to go into a little bit of a different topic on salad uh, before we wrap up our time. And this is going to be what's our favorite salad. So I have not always been a salad guy. I can attest to that. If my mom was right behind me, she'd be like, he hates salad. He hates it. Uh, but I will tell you, I have grown into loving my lettuce, my salads, and everything. So I'm going to start off by telling you my 
favorite salad if I'm to go out anywhere and then you got to tell me yours and you can't okay. and you can't, can't give something that you know that's favorable to the company you gotta you, know, you gotta give your true answer but uh yep. if I'm gonna get a salad and have it prepped for me I love a basic Caesar salad romaine lettuce some salt and pepper a little bit of anchovies right and i just i i love it i love going into a restaurant getting the big thick uh slices of cheese on it very huge romaine lettuce i mean really big ones so that's me i'm I'm a huge caesar fan well i'm really hoping in the unboxing that is that is going to happen that there's a package of sunny crunch in your package because you're going to use sunny crunch and it's going to change your caesar life it's going to be what? the most, it's it, like I told you before, it's about what you put under the salad, not what you put on top of the salad. Oh so gosh. you're going to make your next Caesar with a package of Sunny Crunch and it's going to change your life. It's going See, to, it, you're going know. to become a salad guy. Okay. I got to ask a question, but not before I know your salad. Cause I want to know your favorite. I want to know what you go. So if, if we're going out and we're it's yeah. PMA and we see Abby, we see her on the sidelines. What's Abby eating? What is her favorite salad? I can say this because I, I just had it last night at a restaurant. Um, and it is arugula, a little bit of lemon and olive oil, goat cheese, pistachios. I like goat cheese on anything, to be honest. And pistachios. Goat cheese, pistachios. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and beets. I forgot the beets. I was going to say, do you like any other fruits in there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I forgot. Right. It, has, I like it, it. Has, it has golden and red beets. All right. All right. So you're, you're a little bit more adventurous than me. I'll tell you that. I've had like <laughs> apples and pecans and things in my salad. My wife loves it. If there's not like cranberries or something like that also in her salad, she like, she's got to have almonds or pecans or something as well. So no, that, that's fantastic. I love that. But now listen, this Sunny Crunch. So this is a, is this a brand yeah. or is this an actual variety? It is a variety that we grow um, that will be different than likely anything you've, you've tasted before. It is, um, it is a crunchy, crispy green leaf lettuce that in the field, you would grow it to a full head, but we don't grow it to a full head. We just grow it to the little baby leaf and then we harvest it at the baby leaf. So it is curly and beautiful and crunchy and crisp. It, it bites like a romaine, but it is more flavorful. Um, and it creates just an, a fantastic salad eating experience for somebody who enjoys like a crispy crunch of a romaine and a Caesar. Yep. That's me. I'm definitely going to have to try this. This is going to be yeah. fantastic. And so Sunny Crunch is, you know, is, is our, is our trademarked product, um, for, for it and you will love it. And, um, it actually, we only, we only started growing this variety in 2018. And it is already our number one selling variety. What? Oh my yeah. goodness. All right. I, I, look, forward to, I look forward You're to this. I look forward to this. You're not going to have ever seen really anything like it. I'm, don't give me all this hype because I'm going I'm to be <laughs> on YouTube and I'm going to be like, Abby told me this is the way to go. Well, it's going to be on the Produce Industry Show on YouTube. We are going to try these salads. And I will tell you, and I'm going to keep my promise to you, is that I will keep it light on the toppings. Okay. I'll do light dressing. I will do, I will do no like bacon bits and I will do that after I do the taste off. Okay. Don't be dumping a bunch of heavy dressing on there until you have to eat, try it all first and then you can dump. Yes, I will. This is a true lettuce taste off everybody. This is not a, (laughs) what to put in your salad. We are going to taste lettuce. We might add a little bit to it. Like you said, maybe some olive oil, maybe some lemon, maybe something very small. 
um, obviously, but uh, we're not going to go deep. We're not making a cob. We're not what making a Caesar. We're, under yeah, we want to make, we want to taste what's, what's underneath the salad, which is the lettuce. So Abby, it's, it's been obviously a treat to have you on. I mean, it's been great learning from you, hearing about Bright Farms. If anybody wants to get a hold of yourself or Bright Farms, how do they do that? I would say for me, I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. I'm a very active LinkedIner and I really like engaging um, throughout the produce industry in that way. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Abby Craig Pryor is, is what I show up as. Um, and I will happily connect you in any way necessary within Bright Farms, but I would also love for you to visit our website. If you go to our website, you can actually look and, and visit each one of our specific farms. You can meet our head grower at every farm. Um, learn a little bit about the people of Bright Farms, which I think is part of what makes us special, and the cool stuff we grow, like Sunny Crunch, which you've, maybe you've never tried, but you definitely should. Which is going to. So that's awesome. And I do appreciate you coming on the show today. And we look forward to chatting with you in the future. So thank you so much, Abby. Such a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.